first, we're going to bring on our very own John Kasich. He's going to talk to us about the diesel prices and the roller coaster ride up and down. John Kingston's here to join us. John, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Hello, good morning. How are you? I just wanted to mention that uh, within probably an hour, we'll be publishing a story on that Illinois biometric case. It's all written. I just need to get it published. Awesome. Well, we will be looking forward to that. Matt Leffler will join us in just about 10 minutes for a conversation around it. But John, of course, you are here as our diesel and oil markets expert. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on because, again, yet another roller coaster ride yesterday. Benchmark price increased. We saw a kind of wild situation go on on the futures markets. What's happening? Okay, let's let's kind of cap the futures market the last five trading days. Between Friday and Monday, it dropped 19 cents a gallon. On Tuesday, yesterday, it was up about eight cents a gallon. And this morning, it's down about six cents a gallon. I mean, as far as retail, if you're if you're a retail and you're trying to and, and, and remember, wholesale prices will track that. Not, I mean, not penny for penny, but pretty closely. If you're a retail and you're trying to figure out what to do, you just don't know what to do. It, it's just insane. So you did get this nine cent increase in the EIA price that was posted Monday. You know, that's a pretty healthy number. Of course, it came after the 19 cent drop in the futures over the prior two days. So this is a market that is just being buffeted by lots of things. I think the drop on in futures prices on Friday and Monday could mostly be attributed to the fact that the, the price of diesel relative to the price of Brent had really gotten out of whack. Um, and I think that you saw a lot of correction in that. There've been a lot of analysts who noted that, that uh, trader uh, positions in ultra low sulfur diesel on the CME commodity exchange, which are public, they're published every Friday, have dropped quite a bit, the, the long positions, assuming that the price is gonna go up. So they've kind of lost their interest in that play. Uh, and then you had yesterday. But uh, I will say this, um, and probably talked about this be before, but what exactly the norm is for diesel relative to crude, I think has taken a significant change from 2019, the last time it was normal. Um, because since then you had the IMO 2020, which we talked about how that affects diesel. You've had the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, and you've also had, and this is very significant, you've had the, the cuts out of not just OPEC plus, but Saudi Arabia in particular, you know, they, they tacked on a million barrel a day cut uh, above what they agreed to with the OPEC plus group. And those crudes are very rich in diesel when you put them through a refinery. So they're, they're, the, the diesel market's getting hit just on kind of processing yields because the mix that's going into refineries has changed. The light sweet stuff that comes out of the US, out of the Permian, out of the Bakken, you know, that's still up there. That's, that pr production has been rising, but it doesn't have a great diesel yield. So what's normal in diesel relative to crude is, uh, it's anybody's guess. And John, this might seem like, you know, a hundred years away in the energy markets, but when we're looking at going into 2024, what are we kind of looking at in terms of supply coming from certain countries? Well, the, 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 there's really kind of two schools of thought there among the analysts, the two very closely watched uh, investment banks. One is Goldman Sachs. Uh, it this morning apparently increased its uh, forecast for Brent to $100. And the other is Citigroup. And Citigroup's uh, commodity research group is headed by a guy named Ed Morse, who is just an absolute legend in the industry. And um, he has he tends to be a little bearish. And he sees a lot of crude next year coming out of places that are not, that are not covered by the OPEC plus group. So he and he cites a whole bunch of them. The U.S. is one of them. Uh, Guyana, Brazil, Canada. I think he's got Norway on his list. And they all these com these countries all have projections of pretty healthy increases in output. The Saudi promised to hold 
they're uh, another million barrels a day off the market expires in December. That obviously can be extended. I do think at this price, this is when countries like Saudi Arabia should probably start to get a little nervous because when the price is this high, it does tend to spur adoption of things like, first of all, it hurts demand and there's definitely signs of demand being down and it hurt and it, and it boosts sales of things like EVs, which is their real long-term concern. So I don't know. I, I really wonder if the, the, the Saudi determination to keep oil off the market might be coming to an end. They, the, um, the, the Saudi leader was in Japan the other day and maybe made a few statements that could be interpreted that way. So I don't know. I think 2024 might be looking a little better than 2023. So, John, of course, right now, the big question on everybody's minds is what do I actually expect to pay if I'm going to the pump? A lot of drivers right now, a lot of fleets are wondering about their fuel costs. And the really big disparity is happening right now across the United States. It's very region by region specific. You broke that down a couple about a week and a half ago in an article that you wrote. In California, no surprise, driving up a lot of that national retail average, right? Can you talk to us a little bit about what's going on with this region by region spread? And is there a certain particular reason why regions like the Southeast or the Mid-Atlantic are a little lower than our other regions? Well, the, 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 the other regions out there outside of the West Coast are fairly normal. They do fluctuate maybe on the basis of some changes in some refinery operations, but they tend not to be massively different. Um, California has always been on its own. You know, it's, it's, it's tended to be like 90 cents to a dollar more than the rest of the country. Uh, over the last few weeks, it's gone completely crazy. Uh, and that spread is now, I think you've got a chart there you might be showing. Um, that spread is now, you know, like over, well over, what's it, what we got? Yeah, it's over fifty per gallon. And you can see that this has happened since the end of July. Um, I think that the, 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 the California, you know, California is a heavy importer of crude. Um, and they have tended to in, import a lot of Saudi crude. I think that they're really getting hit by the loss of Saudi supplies um, that, that, that are very diesel rich. Uh, this is not really anything that the government has done out there. I do think that this has been, in my view, this has been a real disappointment for the renewable diesel industry because the, the California has added a lot of renewable diesel capacity. There's a lot of reasons to be in California if you're going to produce renewable diesel, primarily the California low carbon fuel standard. Uh, they've got lots of uh, renewable diesel production out there. And as you can see, it didn't do anything to help keep the price of diesel in California in check. You can't easily move diesel from other parts of the country over to California. You know, have to, it has to go on a Jones Act ship and it have to go through the canal and it's just, it's just not worth it. So they're kind of at the mercy of everybody else. Uh, and um, I, I do think that they've probably felt the loss of the, the Saudi crews more than most other areas. I think that's a key reason for this spike. I will say this, that the physical market in California, uh, we get data from DTN Energy. Um, you know, California, like all other spot markets, trades as a premium or differential to the CME price. Um, that that spread in California has been like an uh, fifty-eight cents the last six days. Yesterday, it dropped to thirty-five cents. That is very significant. That could signal that this craziness in California is maybe going to come to an end. So, John, I'm glad that you brought up that renewable diesel aspect because, of course, we know the advanced clean fleets rule goes into effect starting in uh, January of next year. We're about a quarter away from that happening. Do you think that there's any correlation between maybe the continued high prices in California and a kind of push to those alternative sources as we move towards that act? No, because uh, the, the, the clean fleets rule and the clean trucks rule require a zero emission vehicle. And while renewable diesel is certainly far more cleaner or far cleaner than petroleum diesel, it is not zero emission. You know, on my podcast a few weeks ago, I had um, 
uh, Alan, John Black now, the head of the renewable, uh, the diesel technology forum. And, you know, they're very much trying to push the idea that diesel technology can still have a role um, by using renewable diesel. Uh, but the fact is, in California, it doesn't. It has emissions, and the goal is zero emissions. I mean, it, it, the, the renewable, renewable diesel spur in California comes from that low-carbon fuel standard. That, that, that's, that's the thing that really drives it. Definitely going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. John, thanks so much for bringing us the latest insights from the energy market. Thank you. And of course, if you want to catch up more with John Kingston, you can find him on Drilling Deep on Friday afternoons right here on Freightwaves TV. You can also catch him during a handful of our Net Zero Carbon Summit uh, fireside chats tomorrow. And that starts at 9 a.m. That's right. So make sure you get registered for that. Go on over to live.freightwaves.com and make sure it's on your calendar and, of course, free of charge. Right now, we're going to head on over to the wall. We've got Tony Mulvey and Thomas Wasson here for our first carrier update this morning.